This is Bigger Pockets Daily. I'm your host, Tyler, and happy Friday to you. This is the show where I read articles from some of the sharpest minds in real estate investing. If you want to hear interviews with some of the authors of these articles, check out the Bigger Pockets Real Estate Podcast, hosted by Brandon Turner and David Green. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation homeowning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com biggerpockets. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to Nonfiction Friday. This is an excerpt from The House Hacking Strategy, How to Use Your Home to Achieve Financial Freedom by Craig Curlop. You can find out more about this book at biggerpockets.com slash daily hack. Chapter 1. The Power of House Hacking America's Biggest Misconception What is your largest expense? The majority of the United States population would not hesitate to reply with Housing Whether you are paying rent or paying down a mortgage alongside with taxes, insurance, maintenance, and all the other expenses associated with owning a home, your house is likely what you spend most of your money on each month. If you ask these same people what they feel is their largest asset, I would bet that you would get the same answer. My house. If you've read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know that our definition of asset is much different than the conventional definition. The conventional definition is something like property owned by a person or company regarded as having value and available to meet debts, commitments, or legacies. My definition taken from Robert Kiyosaki and Sharon Lecter's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, is much simpler. An asset is something that puts money in your pocket every month. A liability takes money from you every month. For example, when you own a rental property, stocks or bonds, you will get paid rental income, a dividend, or interest each month. These are assets 
because you receive income from owning them. Buying a car, on the other hand, is a great example of a liability. You are making monthly payments on a vehicle that depreciates over time and costs money in terms of gas, insurance, and maintenance. Arguably, the biggest misconception that most Americans have is that their home is their largest asset, when in fact it is their largest liability. However, there are some exceptions. A few of them are exemplified at the conclusion of each chapter. You will read or listen to fellow house hackers' stories in this book who have used strategies outlined here to turn what could be their largest liability into their largest asset. They strategically design their lifestyle so housing is not their largest expense. As a matter of fact, through the strategies I talk about in this book, they have completely eliminated housing as an expense and they make money from their living situations every single month. And yes, their lives look just like yours. From the outside, you would not think that they are any different because they have day jobs, errands to run, and families to care for. Rather than talk about these people as a mysterious cult, let's get into an example. Meet my imaginary friend, Steve. Sick of paying $800 a month in rent to some mystical landlord, Steve decided to take action. He read, Set for Life, Dominate Life, Money, and the American Dream by Scott Trench, and he found strategic ways to pinch his pennies until he could save enough money for a down payment on a duplex. After 18 months, he had saved $20,000. He found a duplex in an up-and-coming area of a major U.S. city for $350,000. The duplex was side-by-side units, each with two bedrooms and one bathroom. With the money he saved, he put down 3.5%, or $12,250. He found a tenant to occupy the second unit and a friend to occupy the second bedroom. His monthly payment to the bank was $2,000, and he was collecting $3,000 in total rent. The total rent fully satisfied his mortgage, and he was still making $1,000 over the mortgage. Now, not only has he eliminated his living expense, he is making money every single month on his living situation. How many people can say that? In case you're like me and got lost in all of those numbers, here's a recap. Purchase price, $350,000. Down payment, $12,250. Monthly rent, $3,000. Monthly mortgage payment, $2,000. Money in Steve's pocket every month, $1,000. Money saved from not paying rent, $800. Total money in Steve's pocket every month, $1,800. This is all happening while the property is appreciating and he is paying down his mortgage. This strategy is what Bigger Pockets has coined house hacking. Sound familiar from the introduction? House hacking comes in all shapes and sizes. You can take Steve's strategy, which is the most popular, by purchasing a duplex while occupying one unit and renting out the other. You could also purchase a property with a mother-in-law suite and rent that out as a short-term rental. Whatever is best for your situation. House hacking is certainly the easiest for young, single individuals who do not have families, are flexible, and can move easily. However, this is not to say that middle-aged or older people with a family can't house hack. They absolutely can. 
It's just that they may find it more difficult and will likely be restrained to the short-term rental strategy if they do not want to significantly change their lifestyles. I'll get into more details on the different strategies later. Just trust me when I say that anyone can do it. So now you should be clear on the concept of house hacking. To summarize, it is when you purchase a one-to-four unit property, live in one part, and rent out the others so that the rent from your tenants is fully covering your mortgage. Your largest expense, housing, is likely eliminated or drastically reduced, allowing you to save more money and propel yourself toward financial independence. Why is house hacking powerful? Are you excited about the idea of building extreme amounts of wealth and about not having to spend five days a week, 50 weeks a year for 30 to 40 years stuck inside a cubicle? Rather than waiting for the weekend or your next vacation, your entire life will feel like a weekend or vacation. Once you escape that 9-to-5 grind, your life opens up. You can travel, spend time with family, start a business, volunteer. The possibilities are endless. We call this escaping from the rat race. If you are excited about breaking free from the rat race, house hacking is the most powerful way to make this a reality. I have yet to hear of a strategy that provides better returns without the help of winning the lotto, receiving an inheritance, or of course the usual 9-to-5 grind. If you can challenge this assertion after you have fully read this book, please email me at craig at biggerpockets.com. One of the biggest benefits of real estate is the ability to use leverage, otherwise known as debt. Let me explain. Let's say that you are trying to move a 2,000-pound boulder to reach a pot of gold. You can try to push, pull, and jerk that boulder with your hands, but unless you are Hercules, that boulder is not going to budge. You need help. So you get this long metal crowbar-looking tool called a lever. You shove the lever underneath the boulder. You push or pull on one end of the lever, which will help you move the boulder. The longer the lever, the more leverage you can gain, and the easier it will be to move the boulder and obtain your pot of gold. Think of this lever as your mortgage and your strength as your down payment. The longer the lever, the less energy you need to move that same boulder. The larger the mortgage, less of a down payment, the less money you will need to purchase that property. Good riddance to the days where you can purchase a property with no down payment. We do not need another 2008 crash. From all of the networking that I have done over the years, the largest hurdle for most people who want to purchase a property is coming up with the 20% down payment. What many people don't know is that the government likes to reward people who are buying homes where they intend to reside. How? Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. These two government-owned operations purchase mortgages from banks, accept lower-priced mortgages, and require a smaller down payment from people who purchase a property with the intention of living there for at least one year. As of this writing in 2019, there were several different loan products that adhere to these terms ranging from 1% to 10% down payments. The most common amongst house hackers seems to be the 3.5% Federal Housing Administration, FHA Loan. I will go into depth later about financing, 
For now, just know that rather than putting $50,000 down on a $250,000 property, you can put less than $10,000 down for that same property when you house hack. You are using a longer lever to move that boulder. Not only does that lower down payment give you higher purchasing power, but it exponentially increases your return. With such a low initial investment, your return on that investment is much higher. I'll go into depth about the numbers and the returns you will receive later. Cash flow and loan paydown. Let's talk briefly on how mortgages work. A mortgage is just a fancy word for loan on a property. An owner-occupied mortgage is that same loan, but requires you to live there for a more favorable price or terms. With house hacking, you are likely going to obtain an owner-occupied loan. For the purposes of this discussion, let's say that you are getting a 3.5% FHA loan. If you purchase a property for $100,000, you will be responsible for putting $3,500 down in exchange for a $96,500 loan to be paid back monthly over the next 30 years. Assuming a 5.25% interest rate, the monthly payments would be $532.88 per month. Each monthly payment will be a combination of principal and interest. The principal is the actual balance of the loan the bank gives you. In this case, $96,500. The interest payment is the amount that you are paying the bank for lending you money. In the first month, the concentration of interest payment will be highest, and as you continue to pay down the mortgage every month, an increasing amount of that $532.88 payment will be applied toward the principal. When you are paying down your principal, you are building equity in the property by paying back the balance of the loan. The best part about house hacking is that you are not actually paying the loan. Your tenants are. Not only are you living for free, and maybe even cash flowing, you own more and more of your house each month. Equity through appreciation. Fortunately, paying down your loan is not the only way to build equity in your property. You can also do this through appreciation. There is natural appreciation and forced appreciation. Real estate has essentially been around since the beginning of time. In fact, the word landlord comes from medieval times when there was a lord of the land. Since I started tracking United States real estate values back in the early 1900s, the average growth rate for a property in the U.S. is about 6%. The differences are based on the location throughout the country but we are going to use the U.S. average of 6%. By doing absolutely nothing, you are building equity in your property by 6% of its purchase price each year. This is natural appreciation. Forced appreciation is when you do something to the property to improve the value. House flipping is a great example since house flippers buy distressed properties at great values, fix them up, and then sell them for a profit. Let's say a flipper purchases a property for $100,000. They put in $50,000 worth of repairs, so the total all-in cost is $150,000. They turn around and sell the home to a buyer for $200,000. That $50,000 beyond the costs that the flipper paid can be seen as forced appreciation. To recap, purchase price, $100,000, rehab, $50,000, total cost, $150,000, sales price, $200,000. Forced appreciation, 
$200,000 minus $150,000 equals $50,000. When you are house hacking, you do not need to redo the entire property. You can force appreciation by adding a bedroom or a bathroom, redoing the kitchen, or sometimes just changing the cabinets and painting. Appreciation builds the most wealth through real estate investing. A 6% interest rate on a $100,000 property will net you $80,000 in appreciation over 10 years, whereas the property itself may only cash flow $100 per month or $12,000 over 10 years. Learn to Landlord One of the caveats of using a low-down payment loan is that you need to live in the property for at least one year. While this may seem like a hindrance, it's actually working out in your favor. As a house hacker, you are likely new to the real estate game. What better way to transition from tenant to landlord than to be a landlord that lives amongst your tenants? By living in the property, you drastically reduce the probability that something will go unfixed for an extended amount of time. Your tenants, who you will either live with or see frequently, will have no qualms telling you about a leaky faucet or an outlet that may not be working. You can then fix the problem or call someone to have it done for you when you go home rather than having to make a separate trip to your rental property. Not only will you be one of the first to know if anything goes wrong with the property, you will also end up building a relationship with your tenant, tenants. If you are a nice person who tends to get along with most people, then this will work to your advantage. Your tenants will start to feel like you are friends and more likely pay rent on time each and every month. Tax Benefits Anyone who talks about taxes who is not a certified public accountant, CPA, will always cover themselves by disclosing that they are not a CPA. I am no different. I am not a CPA, and I am not legally able to give tax advice. What follows is not tax advice. It is simply how I've used the tax code to my advantage when purchasing properties. Buying a home is considered part of the American dream. Uncle Sam and the United States government love to see people buy property, and they reward them accordingly. When you purchase real estate, including house hacking, you can take full advantage of the tax code in three ways. One, tax write-offs. Two, depreciation. Three, 1031 exchange, or two of the last five-year rule. When you are collecting rent on a property, you have started a business that generates income and has expenses. As a business, you are taxed on the bottom line. For example, if you generate $10,000 in rental income and have $8,000 in expenses, you will be taxed on the $2,000 difference. If you are in the 33% tax bracket, you will have to pay $660. Rental income, $10,000. Expenses, $8,000. Net income, $10,000 minus $8,000 equals $2,000. Taxes paid, $2,000 times 33% equals $660. If you are looking to save on taxes, the goal is to look for methods that can increase your expenses so that the bottom line number is reduced. I'm not saying go out and spend money on random things for your business that are not needed. If you earn $1 that is 67 cents after taxes, it's still better than spending the dollar and having $0 in the end. 
Instead, it is best to make sure you are recording each expense appropriately. There is an entire book dedicated to saving on taxes for real estate investors called The Book on Tax Strategies for the Savvy Real Estate Investor by Amanda Hahn and Matthew McFarland. I highly recommend you check it out to see what you are able to write off so that you can reduce your tax liability as much as possible. Let's talk about depreciation. It sounds bad, right? Who likes something that depreciates? After these next few paragraphs, you surely will. As of this writing, the IRS requires the real estate investor to spread out the cost to purchase residential real estate over 27 and a half years for residential buildings. The fancy word for this is depreciation. Depreciation is a non-cash expense, which means that it does not come out of your bank account like your mortgage payments, insurance, maintenance, and repairs. It only shows up when you are displaying your financial statements to your accountant and the IRS at the end of the year. Yes, you read this correctly, though I understand that it can be confusing. Although your property will likely appreciate in value over time, the government requires you to take a depreciation expense. This means that you have an added expense and a lower taxable number as described earlier. Let's go back to our example of buying that $100,000 house. At the end of the year, before our depreciation expense, we have taxable income of $2,000. Now, we must include the depreciation expense. To do this, we remove the estimated value of the land and divide over 27 and a half years. We will assume the land is worth $5,000, so dividing $95,000, $100,000 minus $5,000, by 27.5 gives us $100,000 minus $5,000 divided by 27.5 equals $3,454 depreciation expense. Now, we subtract this depreciation expense of $3,454 from our taxable income of $2,000. $2,000 minus $3,454 equals negative... 1,454 bucks. Whoa! So rather than showing the IRS that we earned money last year to them, we actually lost money. Luckily, you are not going to be paying taxes on money that you lost. Instead, if you make under $150,000 in 2018 tax code in your normal W-2 or 1099 job, you will be able to offset your income by $1,454, which thereby reduces your overall tax liability. Isn't depreciation a wonderful thing? Tax write-offs and depreciation are two of the major tax benefits when it comes to buying and holding real estate investments. There are also tax benefits when you sell a property from the 1031 exchange and the two-of-the-last-five-year rule. The object of the 1031 exchange is to defer capital gains taxes upon the sale of your property. A capital gains tax is incurred when your property appreciates and you go to sell it. For example, we bought that property for $100,000. Over the course of 10 years, let's say it appreciated to $150,000. You will be responsible to pay taxes on the net $50,000. Those taxes are called capital gains taxes.
Section 1031 of the tax code says that a real estate investor is allowed to sell a property, purchase another, larger property, and defer the capital gains taxes that were incurred on the sale until the investor sells the larger property. The caveat to a 1031 exchange is that the investor must identify a larger property within 45 days and close on that property within 180 days of close. It is not 45 days plus an additional 180. You have 45 days to identify the new property and then an additional 135 days to close, making the entire transaction 180 days. Notice that I have been saying defer capital gains. Unfortunately, you will be responsible for paying these taxes eventually. Or will you? If you decide to sell the larger property at any time for cash or any non-real estate investment, you will be responsible to pay the capital gains tax. However, if you continue to do 1031 exchanges or hold the property until your death, the capital gains expense gets wiped away. There can be an entire book written on 1031 exchanges, but I digress. Let's talk about the two of the last five-year rule. This is another strategy many house hackers and other homeowners use when selling their property. This part of the tax code says that if you live in a property for two of the last five years, you are able to sell the property without any capital gains tax up to $250,000 if you are single or up to $500,000 if you are married. If we purchase that property for $100,000 and decide to house hack, we are already required to live in it for one year. If we just live there for one more year, we could turn around and sell the property and owe no capital gains tax. Don't let the rule mislead you. It does not have to be two consecutive years. You can live in the property for one year, move out, and come back in three or four years to live in it for the last year. You can then sell with no capital gains tax owed. Not a bad deal, huh? There you have it. Another episode of Bigger Pockets Daily in the books. Interested in taking your learning to the next level? Register for a free webinar. They're live, they're free, and we do them every week. Sign up at biggerpockets.com webinar. And I'll see you back here tomorrow.